The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of our podcast, and thanks for joining us today as we continue in the book of Philippians. If you're following along, we're in Philippians chapter number three, and uh, we're going to jump into verse number four. Now, just a little context. Yesterday, we finished uh, these first three verses, kind of starting a new thought in chapter three, talking about uh, another way to rejoice. We are to rejoice in the Lord, find our confidence in Him. And he references that we should not find confidence in in the flesh. Uh, and really the premise of flesh, it's a, it's a kind of a Bible word that he uses in ourselves. We should not find it in this human flesh. We should find it in Jesus. And, and if we find our confidence in ourselves, we're going to find ourselves empty. Now, uh, before we jump into the verses, let me give you just two practical thoughts that usually happens in this idea. You have one or two extremes uh, that, that come in the area of the flesh. One is, I find all my confidence in me. I'm fine. A lot of people struggle even finding Christ or Christianity for that reason. I'm my talents are good. I do everything myself. I don't need Jesus. And that's how Satan wants us to be. He wants us to be independent from God and self-sufficient. The other extreme is that I don't think I could ever serve the Lord or ever do anything right because I'm so weak. And again, it's another thing Satan wants us to be, is empty because of it. Both of these extremes are wrong. I, I, if I think that I'm okay in myself, I'll never really trust in God. If I think I'm so weak, I won't be able to trust in God. The simple answer is this, I can't do anything of myself. I need God's strength. But through God's strength, Paul says in chapter four, I can do all things. So let's look, but what Paul does here is he jumps in and he really says why, kind of uh, takes a minute to give his pedigree and say why if anybody had a right to think that they could trust in their own ability, their own knowledge, and their own history, it's Paul. And then he says why even then was empty. So let's look at this. In verse number four, Paul says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man think that he have wherefore he might trust in the flesh, I more. Quickly what he's saying is, I could say I trust in the flesh, and if there's other people out there who think they have enough knowledge, enough talent that they could trust in the flesh, Paul goes, I have even more. And then he explains what he means by that. He says, concerning zeal, he goes, I persecuted the church, drastically putting people in jail to their death. Uh, this was the Christian church. He goes, um, so concerning zeal, persecuted church, of touching the righteousness which is of the law blameless. As Old Testament law, I followed it to the letter. Verse 7. Uh, let me just make sure I don't want to jump ahead here. Then verse 5, I'm sorry. He goes, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin. So he says, I followed the law in circumcision. I was of the tribe of Benjamin, a very important one. He says, I was in Hebrew of the Hebrews. And as touching the law, a Pharisee. I had worked my way up to being a Pharisee. By the way, that's a huge deal. Uh, to him worked his way up. You know, he had to memorize the entire first five books of the Bible in Hebrew. It was a intelligent, arduous task. And apparently it skipped some verses, sorry. So repeat verse six, concerning the zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness of the law, blameless. So he, he gives this extreme pedigree of who he was and all the things he had done. Before he had come to Christ, he was the greatest, he was the epitome of what the Judaistic thinking was, what the temple says. If you want to be great and really be something special, be like, at that time, the man Saul. 
And then we see that Saul, he did, I mean, just horrible things to the church. And now in the, on the road to Damascus, he's, he's confronted by Jesus. Now he's changed and God's using that same zeal to reach people for. And it, it, some people still won't even accept him because of his past. And so he gives all of these things. He goes, but I want you to understand, while I could look back on these things and in a culture, see how great I was, let me tell you what, and he says, verse seven, the thinking, which is so important. He goes, but what things were gained to me those I counted lost for Christ. The, the uh, recognition, the finance, uh, the popularity that would come from what I did. He goes, I look back on those things. Those are kind of lost for Christ. They were all about me. They were nothing for Christ. All that time, I could have spent serving the Lord, and I was actually fighting against him. He goes, verse 8, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And he's really straightforward here. He goes, all these things, he's, everything I had, I consider lost because there's really only one thing. I'm either going after the things of the world or I'm going after the things of Christ. He said, so all this time that I spent going after the things of the world and all these things where I thought my fulfillment, my happiness, my joy would be found in finances, my joy be found in recognition, in promotion, in, in, in education. And there's nothing wrong with these things in themselves. He goes, but if that's where I thought I'd find my joy and my happiness, his reality, I find them as lost because those things got in the way of finding the truth of Jesus. He said, so now I look and lost. Why? He goes, I, my goal now is to know the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He goes, and I've suffered the loss of all things. He goes, following Jesus, I lost everything, but I, I, I count them as refuse, as, as junk that I may win Christ. The things in this world that the world holds on to so strongly. He goes, and yes, as a converted Christian following Jesus, I've lost some things in the world. He goes, but I don't look back as a loss. I look back as I got rid of waste. I get rid of things that were holding me back, rid of things that were only limiting me and getting my focus off of Jesus. Now, this is where, as we talked about yesterday, the idea of one, sometimes we can have joy, and one of the, the four things that steal our joy is things. He says, what's what he's saying here? He goes, if my focus were on things, if my focus were on position, on finance, on all these other things the world can offer, um, then I would be empty. And I hope we understand things can bring uh, happiness. They can bring temporary happiness. You know, when you, when you have a nice house that's running well and you have a car that's, I mean, say running well, there's no problems, there's no leaks, you have a car that's running well, um, your bank's full, your, your refrigerator's full, and you look at all of these things, you say, I'm good. There's happiness, a little bit. But ultimately, you're going to see a leak in that house because it's going to fall apart. Your car, you're going to take it to work and the tire is going to blow or something's not going to work. When you put your joy and your happiness and fulfillment in those things, you will find those things will not last long. Um, there's going to be time. I'm telling you, over the last couple of years, we've all seen it in inflation, right? I'm financially settled. All of a sudden, gas goes up. I'm financially settled, and I, I can't even really fill the bottom of my cart at the grocery store without spending $100. Uh, there's just so many things today. You look back and say, it's just more complicated, and that's the problem. If your joy, your fulfillment, and you believe that that's going to be found in being okay and having all you need in things, in, in your home, in your car, in your life, if you're going to say, that's where my hope is found, you're going to find yourself happy one day and really not happy the next. And that's where we see the difference between that and joy. Joy is in the midst of these times when man, really things aren't going well, Okay, God's got a plan and I can find joy. Now, that doesn't mean that the things are easier. Like all of a sudden, okay, I can smile through this. Sometimes we sorrow, not as, but not as those who have no hope. We have hope and that's why the sorrow is not as empty. 
So he says, I look at these things and I, I look back at what maybe I've lost and I've lost by following Jesus, but I see them as waste so that I can learn more about Jesus. That's the heartbeat of what Paul is challenging the church to look at. Yes, by following Jesus and joining the church, you and getting saved, you've lost some things that the world would say, why would you want to do this? But you've gained so many more things through Christ. And we'll continue to learn how what we've gained through Christ in lieu instead of what, what the world says we might lose through that. And, may, and that will be the focus as we continue to move forward in chapter number three. Thanks again for joining us today. And uh, just I, I commend you for making this part of your day. Uh, whether you're listening or watching this for the first time, just catching one, or this has been something you, you do consistently, making God's Word important is a primary thing. And I'm, I'm glad that you're allowing me to be part of this. Thanks a lot for joining us again today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.